ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. Everybody is I. You all know you are you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming into being. Yo, yo, beautiful people. Hope you are all doing well wherever you are in the world. And I hope you're all using this nice reset wisely, meditating, reading books, getting out in the sun if you can, or even just in the fresh air, going for a run, going for a jog, training your bodies and minds. One of the things that I've been making my most of my time of is I've been doing, especially on a night time, I've been going outside a lot and just looking up at the stars in the night sky. Really is interesting what I've realised is that especially in the place in the UK where I where I live. Um, usually on a night time, yes, you can see the stars, but there is a lot of noise from traffic and planes going overhead and stuff, and it's probably similar for where you are in the, in the world as well. It's hard to get away from that now in the Monday world. But something that I've been really doing a lot is, I, like I said, I've been going outside, looking at the sky, looking at the stars, looking at the moon. And what I've really realised is that when... Everyone is on lockdown. Everyone's tucked away in the houses. The world is so silent. I really feel like it's actually been sort of the first, the first time that I've ever really heard the sort of the the world from a, a modern day perspective. Um, it's really it's really interesting how in our normal day life we have so much so much there's so much going on. The sound, there's light pollution. I know we can't get away from the light pollution in this scenario. But the sound is is definitely something I would I would make the most of. Go outside if you can. Look up at the night sky in the night time. I mean, I did this. I, that's what I was doing the other night. It was it was a beautiful night as well. The temperatures outside were unusually warm for a night time in the UK. I think it was about 15, 16 degrees for a night time, which is really warm. It's normally um, cold weather in the UK, but it really was a blissful night, and I really was just pondering and looking up at the sky and the universe and there was no planes there was no sound anything it was it really was it was it was weird at the same time but it was also beautiful so i think we have to try and try and find every little scenario that we can and take it to our advantage and um turn it into something that's positive and beautiful but there really is guys there's a lot of weird things as you know a lot of weird and interesting shifts that are unfolding on the planet I've said this in obviously the other episodes of my Observe My Thoughts from a metaphysical and also from a physical perspective, but there's times, guys, where I just cannot help but think in all this, the craziness and chaos and beauty that's going on all at the same time in this world, that it is such an, it's such a mental ride, to say the least. It, re- it really is a mental ride. If you had to make up this video game, if you had to make up this life, or if you were on your deathbed, or you, or you were on another planet and you had to convince to somebody the place that you just come from, and you explained the scenario of all the things that went on for your whole for your whole life. I, I really think it would it would be hard for someone to really actually believe believe you, and especially what is going on in the world now. Never ever thought 
that I would be in a position where I'd seen everyone, everything on lockdown in the whole world, sort of taking a step back from the modern day world that's going so fast. There's a lot of interesting things, and I'm sure you guys are, are all in the same position as well, where you're thinking, Jesus, what the hell is this mad ride? Because it really is. But at the same time, guys, as well, I've been really noticing a lot, a lot of synchronicities going on in my life from many different perspectives. And there's also actually a talk at the end of this podcast that I'm going to play to play the podcast out. So if you can stick to the end of this podcast, but I'm going, I've had a lot of synchronicities and one of them, for example, was, um, was, was in relation to what I'm going to play at the end. But I had a scenario where a book came through the door and um, which is really wild, obviously in lockdown still, I, mean, I know we can still retrieve posts and things and parcels and things, but I haven't received um, a book for ages off anyone and not many people even have my address or anything and this book came through the door the other day and it was called 5D Frequency and it was all about sort of raising your um, making you understand the, the, um, how powerful it is to st- try and stay in a positive frequency all the time instead of being in this fear state well it's very interesting if we look around at the world it's definitely clear to see that a lot of people are in a state of fear um, but I really feel that it's valuable to to stay in this positive mindset, to try and stay out the fear, the fear frequency. As you know, I've spoke about to many people on this podcast how we, are, how what um what we create inside, we create on our exter- on our, from our external reality. So it's very important to try and manage our sort of our own internal dialogue and how we see the world, because I really do feel that we can project a lot of things in our world our world outside of us and our external reality. So it is very important, that was the door closing, if you heard that, <laughs> the wind was agreeing with us. But it really is wild to, um, we really need to understand that it is important that what we create inside, we create outside anyway. But anyway, some of the synchronicities I had, like I said, that book came, then I also got a random message of someone who messaged me saying 5D frequency, check it out. And then at the same time, somebody else, for a listener of the podcast, also sent us this amazing talk that I'm going to play at the end of the podcast by Dolores Cannon. And um, I really feel that we are in interesting times in a, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but there's definitely some huge metaphysical shifts going on um, or on the planet. I really know there is. I can feel it within my own self. Like I said, my own, my own understanding of my energies with my body have been changing. And over the last few days and nights, I've been having some wild dreams that I will get into later on in the episode of Observe My Thoughts. Um, I've been having some weird encounters, some weird experiences with in from from every single level, and um, I just definitely think that what this is what is going on in the world is definitely not just from a physical sense. I really do feel that there is a huge metaphysical underpinning. So keep an eye out for that in your life, guys. Try and watch out for the synchronicities and. Um, Something that I've been trying to do is I've been trying to not be so much in the thinking mind, but try to be more in the feeling mind. Um, so something else I want to mention is a few things. This might be a long intro before I even announce the guest. This is what happens. But anyway, this is um, I wanted to to mention what something that I've been actually doing over the over the weeks of quarantine. I've been doing a lot of Wim Hof method. I'll definitely recommend checking that out, guys. Wim Hof, it really is an outstanding human being. Had him on the podcast, I think about two years ago now, and um, he's still going strong. Still. Um, Still sticking it to the power to the man. He really is. He, he's putting some amazing work out there. So definitely check out his Wim Hof method. It really is incredible method to do wherever you are as well. And if you are worried about sickness and disease in this Monday world, then that is a method to me 
that shows to you that you can heal anything that you want in your body. So definitely check that out. The Wim Hof Method, it really is cool. Also, just wanted to slightly touch on as well about the censorship of information. Keep an eye out for that, guys. It really is prevalent at the minute. I'm not sure what is going on. Like I said, there's many different things from physical and metaphysical going on. But one of the big things is that a lot of censorship of information is going on. A lot of my posts are going down and you guys are not seeing them. Also, as well, I've seen a lot of my friends who have podcasts and things like that. They're also, their things are getting pulled down and pulled from all over the place. So keep an eye out for that, guys. We have to stay vigilant and be aware that we things things can't go left under the carpet because that is definitely going on. So anyway, this week on the podcast, enough of my rambling. This is a really cool podcast. This is a conversation I did from in London. I've still got quite a few of these backdated. And this was a really powerful one. And I feel it's very fitting for sort of what's going on in the world. Now, if you are in a position where you um, are worrying about sort of, say you are worried about getting COVID-19 or, or whatever ever disease you, you get. This was a really interesting um, podcast because it was with a lady called Anne, Anna pa- uh, Parkinson. And she wrote a book called Change Your Mind, Heal Your Body. And we really do explore the phenomenon of healing and our own ability to heal ourselves. And Anna had a really interesting story. She healed herself about 15 years ago, I think it was now, from a life-threatening illness, which was cancer. She had a, um, sorry, she had a brain tumour, I mean, sorry. Um, and obviously, while she was in the process of writing her first book, she had many frustrations with the medical system and it eventually led her to undercover her own power of healing. And obviously what we talk about in this book, in this podcast, sorry, we talk about how we all, we really all do have this sort of innate power to sort of heal ourselves from no matter what it is. And we really feel that we have our own sort of um, inner ability and inner inner chemistry and inner, inner, inner dimensions within inside ourselves that we can tune into and tap into and um, really create our, not only create our internal worlds, but also create the external world, like I was saying at the beginning of this podcast. She had an incredible journey. It's She was in a position where she was completely putting all her attention into the mainstream perspective of how to heal yourself. It wasn't working for her, so she went on this incredible journey, like I said, where she understood her own sort of innate power to heal and learn and understand the language of her own body. So anyway, we talk about all that and everything else in between and how we can all use and tap into our own ex- exceptional natural abilities for health, happiness, and well-being. So anyway, I hope you all have a great day wherever you are in the world, and enjoy this podcast. Peace out. the best place to start anyway as i would love to talk about your book um change your um, mind change your mind heal your body i think it's such a fascinating topic and it's one that has been uh, the understanding that comes from that from that uh, from that understanding of how the mind can heal the body is the one that has given me a great foundation in my life and the understanding not only how i see how i understand how the mind affects the body but how to think even bigger how the mind affects the world in which we live as well but i would love to um know how did you sort of come to that truth that the, the, that the mind can heal the body well i i 
came, I learned what I know because I had to. And I think that is uh, the journey of a lot of people. I had a, a normal job. I was a BBC producer. I was a bit fed up. Um, I couldn't see quite how to change or get out of it. I was bored, I suppose, basically, and I felt stuck. And um, I probably would have carried on, but I was diagnosed with a brain tumour. And um, the symptoms were really troublesome, but the diagnosis was super scary. And... um, I was very lucky in retrospect because it wasn't possible to do any surgery on this brain tumor. It was, in spite of what they said at the beginning, it was buried so deep that um, they couldn't biopsy it and they couldn't um, do anything about it. And, but, you know, it kind of knocked me into the medical system and you're rocking around between doctors some of them tell you really terrifying things and some of them seem to think you're just a a a notch in an appointment book and all these massive emotions came up in me and eventually I started to listen to myself as I stormed around the field saying you know it may be just a case to you but it's my head and it means the world to me and then I began to listen to myself like Mm. it's my head I have to do something about it so I'm not saying that it was like a an overnight understanding I was very lucky in that I was um I had a, I have a lovely half sister who just pushed me in the direction of all kind of healers. I knew nothing about healing, mm-hmm. and eventually I began to understand that when somebody wishes to heal you, it has a physical effect on your body, and I found that very very interesting. Even though it wasn't, it didn't take away the symptoms, it didn't clarify it for me, but it was very mm-hmm. very interesting. And eventually. I met a healer, Martin Brofman, who not only gave me a healing that seemed to have a very powerful physical effect, mm-hmm. uh, but he explained what he'd been doing. And it was that explanation that just shifted the whole ground for me. It was like, yes, I know this, but how do you know this? Yeah, definitely. And if you know this, that means I must be carrying it around. Mm -hmm. And after that, everything began to slot into place. And I wouldn't say that I was instantly healed, but it was like uh, an understanding. It was like stepping through a looking glass, Mm -hmm. seeing all the same things that I'd seen before, but seeing them from a perspective that was completely different. I think that's, I love that. I think that's the key. What I've understood about this topic is that I think you first have to solidify the understanding that it's possible. And I think once you create that um, understanding in your mind, I think from that place, there's no denying that it can be done. Once you once you start, start educating yourself on it and, and feeling it within yourself of what what the possibilities are, and you, like you said, you have a, a first-hand encounter where you know you've physically healed something yourself, I mean, you can we can look all over the world. There's, there's research being done now on cancers, on the placebo effect, and stuff like that, where people are like science is bringing it to the forty. You know that people are affecting their 
their biology through the mind? There's all kinds of scientific research and there's just no doubt that it can be done. I think um, one of the reasons that it's... The mind of each one of us Mm -hmm. is super powerful. It's like, that's your gift. When you're born, you're given this... You might call it intellect, but that wouldn't be right to say that it's just intellect because that's only one part of your intelligence. But you're given this intelligence. Mm -hmm. And my perspective now is that life is about learning to manage that intelligence, manage it for your own benefit, manage it for the benefit of other beings because it is energy. Your intelligence is energy Mm -hmm. and it's yours. So you, Dan, are King Dan. Of Dan, oh, definitely the king, <laughs> and I am Queen Anna of Ananess, and there is nothing that is more powerful in my life than the way I manage that intelligence. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like being inside it and outside it at the same time. But one of the things, I mean, the thing that I work with now that is so fascinating is that your unconscious body, which is expressed in your physical body. Mm-hmm is a part of that intelligence and it's almost like a pet dog it it loves you Mm. it wants you to be well and happy because when you're well and happy it is well and happy and it's communicating with you all the time so your body has a language and when you have a symptom of some kind that is your body talking to you and learning to understand that language and learning to let go uh, of the stuff that you've been carrying around on the unconscious level is what it's about mm-hmm. or a very great part of what it's about yeah definitely i love that it's like the way i could describe it is sort of what the what you're describing there is like an, an, an innate intelligence that's inbuilt within us all yeah that's just raring to sort of be listened to basically yeah um, I wanted to ask you, I wanted you to touch on this aspect because I think this is really important because I think a lot of people when it comes to the mind and the body connection, a lot of people don't un- really understand um, how emotional, um, um, you, how your emotions are attached to the biology of your body. Could you speak a bit more about that, how our emotions are actually attached to the biology of our body? So the way I look at it, when I explain this to people who have just no concept of healing at all, it's like... Um, It's like, you know, we're a three-layered cake. And on the bottom layer, that's our physical body. And everything that is physical has an effect on that physical body. So your food, maybe medicine, maybe herbs, maybe something, maybe the environment, that will all have an effect on the physical body. But there's another layer, which is you inside. uh, And it's the true you in the sense that you are invisible. You are your memories, your thoughts, your feelings, your aspirations, your dreams, and none of those can be seen on the physical Mm -hmm. level, Mm -hmm. but they're more powerful. They have more power over the physical than than the medicine would. Mm -hmm. So for example, uh, you might have two people that go on exactly the same diet, exactly the same regime of eating, they won't react in the same way necessarily Mm -hmm. because we are not machines. We are kings and queens of our own sphere. 
And then I think above that there is another layer which is more powerful than both the underlying layers, which is like the icing on the cake, if you like. It's why you were born, where you were born, where you're coming from, where you're going to. Mm -hmm. And that will be unique for each person because it's not determined by your birth family. And uh, it, it has uh, implications beyond your birth family. So we don't know so much about the icing on the cake. Yeah, we can communicate with it, I believe. And um, it's always there. It's innate in us. And we are an aspect of it. But the area that we really can communicate with is that middle layer, the mm -hmm. layer of thoughts, feelings, memories, um, and using your mental power to communicate with the physical layer, but also to um, release that physical layer, if you like, from self-imposed restrictions. Mm -hmm. So that's where I work as a healer. If you come to me for healing, I would talk to you about the language that your body is speaking because everybody in the world is the same. It will always use the same language. And yeah. I can talk to you a little bit about how that language works in yeah. a minute. Yeah, definitely. But um, the, when I do a healing, I sit you in a chair and you just ask for what it is that you want to be different and better and you <clears throat> ask for it to be healed. And um, I then just go in and do my thing and I see stuff and I move it and I just change it to a clearer picture using the energy that comes through me and you may feel that very strongly or you may feel nothing at all. Mm -hmm. But I've learned to trust the healing. I know that people never go backwards. And then afterwards, I'll talk to you about what it is that I've seen and I've shifted. And what I say to you, that's not the healing. The healing has happened. And that is the sort of, you know, the mystery of the way energy flows through us yeah, when we want it to. Mm -hmm. Or when we don't block it, I think is probably a better way to put it. But the point of telling you what happened is the same as what happened to me all those years ago when Martin told me what happened. It's so that I can understand yeah, it's that what is in me can be seen. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I connect with that, mm -hmm. then I'm in a position to shift it. I'm in a position of power. Yeah, oh, sorry, go ahead, keep going. No, I was just going to say, if it's all a mystery, then we are obliged to rely on faith. Mm -hmm. And faith, in my experience, is difficult for most people who've had a Western experience. Yeah. Faith is really powerful, but it comes to me through experience. And when... I trust something, it the power of it gets stronger and stronger. Yeah, definitely. And so for some people, I'm sure that that is really easy just to have faith and trust. But I have not 
met any of those people yeah i mean for me in my life i've had to develop that just in terms of this topic i've had to develop that understanding through through reading examples of other people that's done it that are undeniable and speaking to people about who are who's who's had experiences and then through my own practices connecting with that understanding with inside myself that that which i've already always knew all my life is that that we our minds are a lot more much more powerful than we are led to believe yes you said something very powerful before about you speaking in terms of thought because i think thought is a really powerful thing because i would love to if you could speak to the power of thought because in regards to healing the body because i know now there's a lot of um, research being done in the area of like gene expression and things like that how how pe- they are doing tests on people where they actually um obviously affecting using the thoughts to affect gene expression within the body could you speak about the maybe how thoughts affect affect the biology well if you look at physics Mm -hmm. and the cutting edge of physics well i mean actually it's not the cutting edge anymore this has been going on in a process for a hundred years but it is about a hundred years and what uh people who i mean i'm not a physicist but what obviously what we are finding is that when we try to um, be precise about matter it's not really there it's constantly fluid Mm. everything is constantly in motion Mm. and your body is no different it is constantly being born and dying all the time all Mm. the time and even the brains of terminally ill non-agerians research has shown that when they give their bodies to science research after Mm -hmm. they die immediately they die you can find these little neurons growing new wild yeah Yeah. absolutely extraordinary that uh even at the point of death you know when your organs will not keep the whole organism together there are still new parts growing so thought is that non-matter that I believe creates the whole universe. Mm. It is that aspect of energy in us, which is innate, which is the gift Mm -hmm. that we're given and allows us to create something new. We, it is so powerful that we limit it because we live in a paradox. We live in a body which, by the fact of being created, is going to die. Mm-hmm. And yet it's constantly developing, it's constantly growing. And we have senses which we need to keep ourselves safe. I need to take things for granted otherwise I can't walk into this room and sit on this seat and so we deliberately limit ourselves and that you know you can call that taking it for granted but it's basically it's a limitation Mm -hmm. it's a decision that these molecules move at a certain rate they will be stable I don't even need to think about it I just sit down Mm -hmm. it's interesting I just did a reiterate on that point because I was listening it's funny you said that because I was listening to a piece by Alan Watts you know the philosopher yeah and he said it, it do you not think it's funny how you're doing all this and um, what this work, everything that you're doing in your life now and you're not even thinking of questioning how you're exactly. doing it so all the functions in our body now have this thing that's just doing it for us without exactly. even which is second nature and so that is what is really beautiful about this unconscious intelligence 
And in a way, I mean, everything in our life is a paradox. Mm -hmm. And the only way is to allow ourselves to embrace two ideas at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and that's ironic for me because the very first symptom of my brain tumor was double vision. Oh, and um, I began to rather enjoy double vision. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was that. weird because I could sort of, I had the experience of sort of feeling like I could see somebody coming around the corner before they came around the corner <laughs> because I was sort of seeing in two places at the same time. But anyway, um, what I would say is that, yeah, it is entertaining two realities at the same time. When you have something wrong with your body, then you need your normal um, conscious intelligence to allow itself to go down and explore the unconscious intelligence, which is on a loop. It's in a pattern. And it's a pattern that we've trained it yeah. to. And, and to do that as well, just to, to go on right now, do you feel that we have to unlearn the, the, the previous sort of subconscious self and to to relearn the new part of the self. Well, sort of. I mean, you will have habits, uh -huh. and uh, for example, um, uh, let me think of an example. Let's say somebody suffers from extreme anxiety, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and that is a habit that is very difficult to break because they it will always in my experience, go back to the very first, possibly even to the womb, mm -hmm. when they were picking up stuff from their mum. But from a, a sense that they, they were not safe. And so what the brain does when you're not safe is to send down a cortisol to the adrenal glands mm -hmm. so that you run, move, do yeah. whatever. And the cortisol is very effective, but it's also acidic. And then you have an even less. So you're basically setting up a loop where it's even less comfortable to be where you are mm -hmm. because you've got a sort of acidic loop going on in your body so actually if you are in that situation you need to teach yourself to uh to encounter fear to face fear mm -hmm. because as you gradually face your fear might be tiny yeah. and what might seem tiny to somebody else you know, but as you gradually embrace facing that one fear, um, you then begin to lose that hardwired loop in your body or in your brain, between your brain and your physical body, and you make other connections. And so you can't just drop it. Yeah. Sometimes you need to learn a different way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can just drop it. It really depends on how, you know, sometimes it's enough, for example, it's enough to understand, here's another example, which would be much more physical. Let's say you have a frozen shoulder mm -hmm. and the throat and the shoulders and the arms are to do with allowing yourself to have what makes you happy, listening to your intuition and setting goals for it. Mm -hmm. So once you understand that, 
And you may understand exactly what it is that you're not allowing yourself to set a goal for. That may be enough. You just go, oh, okay, mm. I'll do that. And the frozen shoulder disappears. So you think, so the, the power is, is, is in the, the intention within the self? I think the power is in the understanding. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need to dig for the understanding. Sometimes, so for example, in my case, um, the first thing I understood was that um, this energy inside of me, A, it could be seen, B, it could be influenced by somebody else who wanted to influence it, and C, it made complete sense of things that I didn't think were connected in my life. So things that appeared to be random mm-hmm. were all connected to the same thing. Actually, that was enough to get me started. That was enough to get me to learn about healing, to practice healing and to pursue it. It took a couple of years before I understood why I would have given myself a brain tumor. Yeah. It wasn't instant. So on a, on a, on a practical level, did you, would you say that through your experience as well? And what I've heard of people that, what I was saying before about how um, you have to un- unlearn you have to unlearn who you are to, ch- to step into who you're going to be is because it seems to be that our emotional intelligence our sorry our emotional life is attached to everything that's going on in our daily life so you could have a partner who's doing a certain thing or you, you know how it's all linked together and I think sometimes that if you even if you're in a, a great state of being in your mind um, your environment that you're in can pull you back into that state of bad health and I just feel sometimes I don't know if you had to do that if you had to change anything in your physical life with I know it's all like you said it's integration it's slow steps but it seems to be that um, eventually you have to you have to make you have to you can't just sort of move the piece pieces in terms of what you believe inside it you also have to move the pieces around you as well that's really interesting actually I think that um, just like a pain or an affliction in your body is a piece of information for Mm -hmm. you so is everything that happens to you in the environment Mm -hmm. so is the environment that you've chosen and that you influence Mm -hmm. and so um, yes there may be decisions but and you may decide that you need to change things about your environment. And sometimes you will make those decisions really well, mm-hmm. really quickly. I mean, as soon as, but you don't necessarily need to make those decisions as part of your healing. Um, if you have a terminal illness, as I did, or potentially terminal illness, I made a couple of decisions straight away. I <laughs> decided I wasn't going to waste any more of my life in the BBC. And I was, I'm not going to finish the book I was writing before I went blind or died. You know, I I didn't, that wasn't healing. That was just, you know, a a decision. I think that when you start a process of healing, and the reason I wrote my book was because for me, it was a process. I've just explained that, you know, it took a couple of years before I understood the really important stuff. Um you also what you're really doing is not changing who you are you're moving into a deeper version of who you are and um as you do that you are you are taking responsibility for your power and 
To an extent, you are taking your power into changing your physical symptoms. Yes. Mm -hmm. You're making a choice to do that. Uh, to say, you know, this symptom has everything to do with me. And I don't want to be that. I want to be this. And I am going to use my mental energy mm -hmm. to direct myself to this in order not to be that. But at the same time, in the process of doing that, all your relationships and your environment come into play because those are other things that you've chosen to fit around the energy that you felt you were, mm -hmm. which may have been completely unconscious. But as you go deeper into an understanding of yourself and your own power, you look at your relationships and you say, okay, I see why I chose this relationship, why it works for me. Um, and therefore, I'm going to put up with the bits of it that don't work for me. <laughs> or you, you might say, um, this relationship seemed to work for me. Um, but I, that way of being doesn't work for me. So I, I'm I'm moving out of it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in fact, I, I think generally when the idea of change is very frightening to us because we think we know what's going to happen. Yeah. And we don't. So, so long as you understand that you don't know what's going to happen, you're just here at this point and you're going to use your energy in the most creative, positive way mm -hmm. that you can think of, mm -hmm. then you'll see what happens. Yeah, I love that. In terms of, um, in terms of gratitude, how did, did, did gratitude play a big part, big part in, in the sort of the effects of, from your body to your mind, sorry, your mind, your body? It evolved. I mean, every time I understood something, I understood it in a positive way. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I, I would hate to paint a portrait of someone who was anything other. I mean, you know, I was well educated, intellectual, suitably cynical. But the thing about me is I've always been really curious. I've always been a traveler in one way or another. And I began to understand that the internal landscape was infinite and infinitely beautiful. And really, I find it more beautiful than the external landscape, even though I love that too. Yeah. But, you know, I just think it is extraordinary. Yeah, definitely. I wanted to, I wanted to, I was going to say, I was going to use the word go a bit deeper, but we've already, I think we've already <laughs> blasted off. But um, in terms of, on a, on a quantum level, would you, I know you slightly, I think you slightly touched on this in your book, didn't you, talking about a quantum level, what is mm. actually going on with the heal, mm. healing. Could you speak to a little bit to that? Not to blow people's minds too much, but just touch on, on that, what you feel is going on there. Because there's a lot of work now being done talking about how this healing is on a, like what we've been talking about basically on a, on a quantum level. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's a, I think it's a question of having two things in your mind at once. Mm. So, in terms of your own power, uh, you're a tiny bubble in a vast universe, um, but you have enormous power over that tiny bubble, um, 
and yet you are connected to the vast universe. Mm -hmm. So you can understand quantum level in one way, in that, you know, in the way um, that I think it's properly meant when you talk about physics, in that when people try and look at how things are fixed within a particular molecule, they can't find the fixing. Yeah, it's not. But it's very difficult for our brains to operate like that. And actually, I find that for me, although I understand to a degree, I can't do the mathematics, but I understand (laughs) to a degree this um, insubstantiality of everything, I translate it very rapidly back into something physical. Because that allows me to shift it. That allows me yeah, to understand, move it. Yeah, understand it. Exactly. And, and I know that's only a metaphor, but it, 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 it's a powerful yeah, way of, of working. So on one level, it's like um, your whole body, your whole mind is about translating the non-physical into the physical. Mm. And so in terms of, you know, your own health, that's one level of quantum physics in which you kind of rapidly move something from the non-tangible level to the tangible level. On another level, there is, uh, I, I, I'm sure everybody would agree, there is a shift. The, you know, the Buddhists would say how very privileged we are to be born into a human body, which mm-hmm. you cannot deny. We, we cause ourselves a great deal of pain um, there's a wonderful uh, teacher of um, Yogananda, uh, who um, Paramahansa Yogananda, who wrote the autobiography yeah, of yoga. Of that, yeah. And his teacher, I find incredibly inspiring. I think I would have been terrified if I'd met him. But he's um, Sri Yukteswar, and he says, um, I'm paraphrasing, but he says something along the lines of, "Your your mind is." like a knife you can use it as um your worst enemy (laughs) or you can use it as your best friend you know to cut through um to to harm yourself or to cut through what you need to destroy and that is the privilege that you are born with and then the other privilege that we are born with I believe, is that we are born into this age of connection and communication where in this society, in the UK and in our country, all thought is acceptable. There isn't a social control Mm. that makes it uh, intolerable to have elements of Christianity and elements of... Uh, Hinduism because we have freedom we have intellectual freedom which is phenomenal and that is such a privilege to be able to share in that and I believe that it makes us see each other of course you know nothing positive exists without the negative as well yeah 100% 100%. I think (laughs) I think it gets to the larger picture of, of, of of what this is sometimes I think that we just we like to sort of um, put ourselves in challenging moments to, to sort of to, to find ourselves again. 
it's interesting because the mind sort of does that. The mind, what I, when you were speaking before, I was thinking about how the mind itself can um, it can create the problem, but in the same time, the mind can also create the find the solution. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And again, it's like this, you know, paradox, which is completely fascinating to me, because there is nothing that doesn't have a negative side. Yeah. But as a very wise man said to me recently, he said, you know, that darkness, that depression, that is also God. Everything is God. Yeah, and so even the negative is also God. I think obviously I've, I spoke about this on on the last podcast as well, but I think it's important to, to bring it up as the aspect of of like you said the the darkness also is God, like pain is also bliss. You know, it's, exactly. it's like you have to you have to go in like you we know this obviously with the mind and body connection. When you have a symptom, you have to go into the symptom to to really get to the grasp of what's going on, what's causing this pro- causing this problem. Could do you could you speak say if somebody's in a in a position now where I know it's, everyone's different, but just say if somebody is out there now and they're struggling with, say, like a physical ailment that's in the body, and they're st- or they're even struggling with depression or something like that. You could do you, do you know any sort of maybe any any a, a good starting point for them to start to start tuning in with that yes, in the, in the yes, intelligence? Yeah, I mean there is a very clear um, or any practices maybe or something breathing. Yeah, breathing's great because the you know. Every culture, you can look at breath as oxygen going to all your cells, which it is, but you can also look at breath as the transporter between you and connection with everything else, and which it is. And um, if you allow yourself to even just lie on the floor and measure your breath so lie on the floor i call this the earth healing exercise lie on the floor put your knees up put a book or something just under the back of your head and fold your hands on your belly and just let your breath out and count how long you can do that for it might be like six seconds it might be 12 seconds it might be three seconds it doesn't really matter but you let your breath out for as long as you can. And then you let the breath come in for exactly the same length of time. Mm -hmm. And you keep doing this and you keep doing this. Meanwhile, your mind may be dancing jigs, remembering stuff, and you suddenly find that you're somewhere else and you're not with this breath at all. But if you, it, it gives you a distance from this chatter that has created the situation that you're in. And if you can do that on a daily basis, just before you go to bed or when you come in from work or first thing in the morning for 10, 15 minutes, you will find it a really enriching process Mm -hmm. and stuff that you need to deal with. It's almost like your unconscious goes, oh my goodness, I thought you were never going to listen. And it will just come up. It will just, you'll just be letting it go. Do you, I love that. Do you, do you think in the, I'll just sort of question the process of my own meditation and things. And I, I completely understand what you mean is when you sort of, you, you, you're sitting with yourself and the monkey mind comes up, it keeps coming. But eventually then waves, they come over, they come over. And eventually if you sit long enough, you honor the practice, which I've 
definitely been told a lot lately that I need to do more of, which I know I do. And there's a more to do the practice and waves, eventually they fade away and you, you do hit these moments of, of pure stillness in the mind or or whatever you want to call it. Do you think that, that them that's the window of where you can really tap into that innate intelligence, the window within as them thoughts sort of as the monkey mind starts to disappear, the window behind that, is that the is that what sort of when you were doing your deep healing work Obviously, well, actually, you, did you get to them deep states mm, of mind? I, I mean, yes, I do. But I, do you know, I don't need I'm to... fascinated. I'm just, the reason I'm asking is because in my own practice, <laughs> yeah. um, I've heard, um, obviously I've read text and stuff that, that, that when you do get to that moment, yogis in the past have talked about that moment is the moment for you to, to tap, in, tap deeper into your, into your physiology and you can affect your body. Yes, body. but honestly... If if you're waiting until you get that deep, then you're wasting a lot of time. Oh, really because what what I do and have always taught. So I what I do is I either do healing on people, which is a little bit like cooking them a meal, <laughs> <laughs> or else I teach courses, which is like yeah. teaching them how to cook. Mm-hmm. And I do a lot of targeted meditation. So very. You know exactly what the yogis don't tell you to do. So because what I'm doing, and this is I do this because it was so powerful for me. As I for me, I was, um, I will take you to a very concrete visualization and a very concrete situation, and uh, use that situation to clear something emotional that you need to get rid of. Because um, it's very difficult, it seems to me, that it's difficult for us. Um, the practices of meditation are, of course, not unique to the, the East, but they've come back to the West from the East. And um, they, they were born in a completely different society. Mm. And it's very difficult for Westerners to get to that place. Yeah, to bridge the gap, that's It takes yeah. time, really a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. And the harder you try, the more difficult it is. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I think that for us, for, for most people, it's much more profitable to start to look at what you can see and begin to reduce release the layers and so I do and I teach or did I yeah. don't do it anymore but no. I used to do a lot of yeah. targeted meditation yeah. to 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 get rid of stuff yeah. and then you're in a position without actually having noticed it of much more strength much more peace much more confidence so that when your mind is muttering and nattering away at you you can just kindly tell it to butt out of it for now yeah. and it will and it's kind of like i was only trying to look after you and indeed it was only trying to look after you in the way that you had trained it to do it's funny because um my friend i'll not swear on the podcast but i I, I think i sometimes swear too much on the podcast but someone (laughs) said uh, my my best friend said it was um in the past he says he says do you ever get them two voices in your head when you're meditating and i said yes i do i said the day i was having a really funny conversation actually where i had the two voices in my head and i was telling one to f like to f off it was and he was like really i was like yeah i was like i was like that's what monks do you know i was like you know when they meditate and for 
12, 13 hours a day. They're just swearing them to themselves in, in the head, you know. Well, <laughs> I found, it's interesting that, because I found it worked a lot better when I was really nice yeah. to the mind. Yeah, definitely, that's definitely it a better was, technique. It, it, because <laughs> it was like, it was just, you know, if you just say, oh, thanks a lot, but I don't need you yeah. right now. It's it's like almost like you can see it. Yeah, I was just retiring reason, hurt. Yeah, yeah no, definitely the re- I, that's definitely a better better way to see it. The reason, obviously, why I said that to him for is I was trying to sort of use that as a te- a, a bridge to him just to say that that no one's got to figure it out. You know, we just no, not even the greatest no. teachers. They're just and also another thing that I think is really interesting is that you know you you make a choice about whether you want to. Um, be in the world and uh, that inevitably involves relationships and responsibilities Mm -hmm. or whether you want to um, develop your spiritual being without those relationships and responsibilities and I was already you know super in the world with very important relationships that Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have dreamt of letting go of so I had already made that choice I guess but I did hear somebody who was talking about this he was brought up as a as a tibetan monk and he said you know the reason people go to monasteries and nunnery or convents whatever it's just much easier yeah that's a good one (laughs) but on the other hand even if you're in a convent or a monastery you're still dealing with human relationships and i and that is still going to be like a mirror to you. It's still going to reflect to mm. you what you need to know. That's interesting. Before as well, when you were talking about, uh, you said that you used the word, sort of the br- a bridge you used. I was thinking in my head about a bridge to this understanding what we're talking about here, how the mind can heal the body. Do you, do you foresee that um, that gap in the understanding being bridged in society in the future? I know we have more and more sort of scientific validation coming forward now showing like physical effects of this, what's happening. This is the brain waves. Like even the guy who's coming on the podcast after this, he's looking at specifically like from a neurological perspective, which I think is really important of what's firing and wiring in the brain. Do you foresee that bridge of that sort of the... The word I'm going to use is not the right word, but between the sort of the the extraordinary abilities of like um, the word I like to use sometimes is the woo. I know people relate to the woo or these this innate intelligence. Do you think that that gap will be bridged of uh, bridged eventually? I think it. Yeah, I think it takes. You know, if you look back at the history of science, it takes a long time before it becomes the history of conventional thought. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, even like in the 17th century when um, William Harvey discovered that the blood circulated around the body. It took about 60 years before this was accepted as fact. So, um, you know, science at its cutting edge is way ahead of uh, medical practice. And I don't mean by that in any way to um, denigrate doctors, because if you're in an acute situation they are wonderful and um they do a fantastic job and i would much rather be with a 21st century doctor in that situation than i would with a 19th century doctor but um i think one of the things that is uh always going to hold it back is that it puts a lot of responsibility on the individual and in the UK, we have a wonderful national health system, which we almost worship as a sacred cow. 
Um, and it has a lot of super benefits, but it also has a disadvantage that it makes us feel like we don't own our bodies. And as soon as you have something wrong, you, you know, you take this problem to the doctor or the nurse and they'll sort it for you. And I think that a lot of people then, if they were to be told by their doctor, well, actually, this problem has something to do with you, would receive that as an accusation of guilt or fault or something which they would reject. Um, I mean, I think when a doctor does say that or and finds a way to say that sensitively, then um, I think it's the most powerful thing they can do for their yeah. patient. But that's my view and I'm not a general, you know, well, I'm not a doctor. It's interesting how that, that perception is swaying a little bit because people are losing sort of a bit more faith in that system now and, and something, if the, if people are going to lose system faith in, this, in the medical system in terms of what we're talking about, it need, there is, needs to be something ready to catch them people and I think the thing that is ready to catch them people is what we have been talking about on this podcast is sort of uh, innate intelligence that can if like you can tune into it if you really want to i know there is the medical system has a place i know this is not what this conversation is about it's not saying if you've got a serious problem don't go to the, the doctors or anything like that but it's just a, a conversation to let people know that that there is also another way and this other way has been there for thousands and thousands of years and it, it, it is there. <laughs> yes, and, and you, you're right to use that phrase, innate intelligence. This has got nothing to do with um, intellectual ability or the number of books you've read mm -hmm. or, um, or even uh, whether you have a, a physical or an intellectual disability. You know, it, it is to do with that aspect of your intelligence which I believe is the most connected to what we're calling the divine, what we're calling God. Yeah. Um, and that's your intuition. And that expresses itself as imagination. And most people who have some kind of communication with their intuition or imagination know the difference between that and inventing something it's it's very subtle it's like a wind <laughs> but it's like your own voice talking to you and you know you do well to listen and not dismiss it because it's it's just part of your innate power yeah definitely I think we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for um, joining us okay. on the podcast. Really uh, beautiful podcast. All right. Thank, Bless thank you. you. Thank, thank you, you so Dan. much. Thank I enjoyed you. it. Thanks so much for checking out that podcast, guys. Like I mentioned, I'm, in a few minutes from now, I'm going to play out the podcast with this amazing talk that I came across the other day that a listener from the podcast actually sent to us. But guys, I just really want to touch on this. I mean, the other night I had a little bit of experience where I was looking up at the stars, like I said in the intro. And I had this moment where I was just thinking in my head, at, this, at times you have these crazy experiences throughout all our journeys. And I really had this feeling in my head sometimes, and I'm sure you can all relate to this, but in your lives, throughout your whole life, is where you get this feeling where you just know, you feel like no one ever gets you, and you feel like you're from sort of another planet or something. And um, I think at times out the journey of of self-discovery it really does sort of stretch you right out there and at times it can feel a sort of a lonely path and I've felt that especially over the last few days I felt that um, but I really just want to let you guys know that you are not alone out there if you were if you were if you were also having them same feelings as well 
there's other people out there who also um, sort of can feel alone at times on this journey. But you really aren't, guys. And anyway, that, and the reason why I want to speak about that is because this com- this talk that was actually sent to me by a listener, by Dolores Cannon, it is actually talking about the coming shift and how at times the journey can be feel like a struggle. But there's an importance to sort of you doing certain things alone in your within your own selves in your own selves. So anyway, this is a beautiful talk. You may not get it. You may you may understand it. You may not understand it. But regardless, anyway, stay open-minded, listen to this talk. It's a really beautiful one, regardless whether you believe it or not. I definitely felt a lot of resonance in it. But anyway, just enjoy this conversation. Enjoy this this piece by Dolores Cannon. It's basically a conversation from uh, Dolores's book called The Evolution of the New Earth. And it's a dialogue from her book. And it's a guy, a guy who narrates it is really cool. He's called Brian Scott. And he narrates a passage from her book. This is on YouTube. It's really cool anyway. So enjoy this piece of no- profound knowledge by Dolores Cannon on the coming shift. Peace out. I love you all. And if you can, as always, guys, check out the Patreon page or the one-off donation option and help me to keep doing what I'm doing. Love you all. This is a big orchestration, not just occurring on your Earth, but with the help of so many, so many, and no other planets have done this before. I've been told that the whole universe is watching, Dolores asks. More than just the universe, there are those even from other universes that are watching. Because they said this had never happened before, where an entire planet moves into another dimension. Never, ever. There have been groups I've heard, the Mayans did it, yes, but it was small groups. This is the first time an entire planet makes it. That's why I've been told it's important. That's right. Also look at the fact, as a consciousness, you see yourself as separate. Consciousness on this planet was created in a unique way to be able to experience itself as separate. Most races do not see that. Regardless of where they are, they don't experience themselves as separate from the source. Your planet has. So the ones who are part of the Federation and work on the ships know their source and know they where they come from? Of course. And they love you humans. You don't even know what you've done. They recognize there are primitive behaviors on the planet. But to reach the level that you have based on the restrictions that you have had to work within, it's amazing. Your capacity to love is deep. Your capacity of fear is deep. That's the power of control that gets everybody in trouble, fostered by the fear. Dolores asks, I know Earth was created with free will, but it was also created with the idea of not knowing it was part of the source. Yes, it was an interesting construct of consciousness in that it experienced itself as separate. Where else could there be more growth than in a situation where you actually saw yourself as separate from your source. But you said the other races know they're all part of the source. Yes, they do. So can there be more soul growth on earth? Yes. If we thought we were alone and then we had to discover this all by ourselves? Yes, they have to discover the truth of who they are on their own. Yes. With nothing else to help them? I I can see what you mean. You have density here. You have the beauty. You have the senses. You have much going on here, but you also have not understanding. Look where you are. I have many people have sessions where they go back into the source. They say how beautiful it is and they don't want to leave it again. 
when you connect with the source it is the most beautiful experience so your question is what are the sessions happening for them to connect with that source yes why is it happening so they will know what it's like or remind them or for those that need to have that experience yes for some it would be too great and they wouldn't be able to go on they would just as soon leave it's different for each one of you every person is different in terms of what they can and cannot experience and what will, it will trigger within their subconscious because each one of you is a unique and individual fingerprint on the planet there are no two of you really alike think what a genius is the mastery of that think of the beauty and the wonder of that and there are many of you other lifetimes now working on the other side and they're all participating in this as well you are never alone any of you we have to rediscover where we came from and why we're here but there is one question people have asked me and I think you have answered part of it that if some are taken and some are left behind wouldn't those that go on to the new world notice the other members of the family were gone these are some things I'm trying to clarify in our way of thinking I have to be able to explain it to people we understand we understand we understand we will give you this explanation we hope this helps people are going to start falling out of people's lives they're going to start noticing them falling away quite rapidly now in other words people family members whoever they have been close to just falling away disappearing it will all happen overnight so by the time the shift happens some of those people will already have fallen out of their life will separate will just disappear not be around so and so moved over here left town did this do you understand yes but we could go to the police and try to find the person it won't happen that way it will be them moving away something happened distancing 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 by the time it actually occurs the distance will be there haven't you had people fall out of your life lately well, yes of course we could always contact them if we needed to but you won't that's our point you won't contact them it will just be a natural falling away the frequencies and vibrations will no longer match and therefore they will fall out of your mind the need to contact them won't be there and this means they're either staying with the old earth or they're going to the new one in some cases there have been those who have left early and are working on the other side of the veil you're aware of that but some of those that disappear after a period of time you think I wonder what happened to this person but you don't have the urge to contact them you would normally you don't have that driving urge oh I'm concerned I must call I must reach out it's not the same you find that your need to connect with them just isn't there it just falls away you forget Dolores I've been told that at first those who enter the new world will have physical bodies so we won't know when we have actually made the shift the separation is that correct that may be too simplistic of a description for those of you that came into the bridge this will explain it this way as you do your work you facilitate you help people to awaken to open up to more of who they are to raise their vibration their frequency to be able to resonate at the higher cycles per second so they can make the shift does that make sense to you yes that's what I'm trying to help people to do exactly what you're helping people to do yes it will happen it's not going to happen in the way that people think or there'll be a cataclysm or this or that or the other thing no it'll just be like you wake up one morning and you think everything's normal and you're going on and you'll 
be there. You will notice a difference in resonance, but you will already be there because your resonance is increasing every day as it is. And so all of a sudden, one day you will reach the prerequisite cycles per second to take you from here to there. Let's explain it in this way. If somebody came back right now from the 1800s to see you, you would glow to them. You've already reached those cycles per second that would glow to a human form of, say, the 1800s. So in essence, your cycles per second are raising. Comment. Could this be one reason why when John and the others went to visit Nostradamus in conversations with Nostradamus, he saw them as glowing energy spirits of the future? Was this because they were actually vibrating in a faster frequency that made them glow? This is something to think about. That's the reason you're a bridge to help others to raise their cycles per second so they can make the shift and the faster you raise more people, they activate other people with their frequencies and vibrations. So what you're doing is activating more and more people on the planet, which activates others, which raises the frequency of the planet. Do you understand? It's all cyclic. Everything affects everything else. You have people that come to earth and don't have to do anything. They're just strictly activators. Their energy fields activate everybody else's. You have those that are working very hard and diligently that are like broadcasters. They broadcast out over the planet like a microwave signal. This makes sense to me. This is why I've been told age won't make any difference. That's exactly right. We'll be functioning at a different level, different vibrations, different vibrations, different cycles per second. This is the way some of the other races, ETs, aliens, function, don't they? Yes. They age at a totally different rate. The goal for humans is a longer life expectancy, much longer, and also creating the bridge of understanding. And if you begin with health, you are able to reach people in a non-invasive, non-threatening way. In this world, Dolores asks, where age won't matter, will the body eventually die? the way we consider it on earth now in our reality. There will be some of you that will have the option not to die at all, just to make your transition, just to cross over. But not everybody's going to be exactly the same frequency at the same time. Remember that. Dolores says, yes, I was thinking maybe the body would get to the point that it just would maintain itself until the soul was ready to leave. That's exactly right. Not for everyone though. If you have many people making this transition and let's say that the frequency has to be approximately 44,000 cycles per second in order to make the frequency shift, not everyone is going to be at that frequency shift at the same time. You're going to have different variables in the frequency shift. There will be still be those of you that are on that front line, on the cutting edge, even on the other side, even in the new world. You understand? Because there's always will be, there will always be on every level. Every race has always has those that are out on the cutting edge, a little further out, going a little further because that's evolution. Question. I was thinking that that was the way it would be. We'd have a lot of more time to do our work and to help reach people. Of course. We wouldn't have to worry about limitations of the body. Oh, the limitations of the body. No, we'll look at your whole. You are already changing. You are going through cellular changes. They are making adjustments on you. I've been told they were doing it on me. Yes, they are. And because you are a spokesperson, again, a bridge who is more important to look good than you. 
I guess. Well, if I hear it from enough people, maybe I'm going to believe it anyway. You need to believe it. Question. I've been told that not everyone will make this shift into the new world. This is correct. When the earth is going to make a shift, there's the idea that many souls are allowed in for experience because as you say, you experience many things in your growth as a soul. And so there have been many, let's say, beginners coming into the planet. Sometimes being in a class with advanced students can be helpful. As you know, the old country schoolhouse, yes. So you might have levels of students in the same room and they're all benefit from that. But there finally comes a time when the student needs to move on. And that means that those who are left behind will have to find their own planet. They will be put in other schools, in other places. I always thought it sounded so cruel to leave them behind. Oh no, they won't be left behind. They will be taken to another place where they can grow. That's the way I've understood it too. It would be like separation. It's more natural. It's like when you leave your body and you go to another dimension and you grow in that dimension. You may or may not come in as another body here. You may go somewhere else. And if the whole universe is a body, there are many, many galaxies and planets where they can go. So this gives me a little bit better understanding of the shift that Dolores Cannon is talking about. There's no way for us to truly understand it completely, but it is a process of awakening. And I do think that if you want to move to the positive, better new earth, then it's best to raise your vibration, to be positive, to try to help raise the vibration of others. And in the process, we will move towards something more positive. Right now, with the coronavirus and all this craziness that's going on, it's easy to think that crazy stuff is going on in the planet and it's easy to get pulled up into dark conspiracies. All of that is energy. What I'm telling you to do is focus on positive energy within and awaken yourself within. It, this sounds like it's a consciousness shift and we can move to this new earth. My feeling tells me that it, this is an ongoing process and they couldn't have predicted it by the year. It's just like trying to predict when a plant will blossom. It's different in every case. The seed will blossom at the time that it's meant to, to blossom. I do believe that this is still consistent with the Neville Goddard idea of awakening that God is within us and all, we all awaken at some point and we're going through a process. And the unique part of this, I think, is that it would be a global awakening where we all become God at the same time, which could shift the earth into another dimension, if that makes sense. 